so what we previously said is that we have a chait of Adam Arishan. Adam committed the sin, and as a result, the way the Altar Navadic explains it wasn't that there was something intrinsically wrong with what he did. It was more that the chances are that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to succeed. And his mistake was taking the chance. You don't take a chance. What was the chance that he took? Right now he had perfect clarity. He understood everything. He hadn't become personally involved in the pools of good and evil within the world. He was completely above them. Very much like when someone comes to you for advice and they're struggling with something which you have no desire for or have no struggle. All of a sudden, you say, but one second, you know, like, what are you doing to yourself? You're being ridiculous. You can see with such clarity how they, in many cases, unfortunately, are destroying their lives. And yet they themselves can't perceive that. Because they're too emotionally involved. They're, too, they, 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 they're not seeing it from true and false. They're seeing it from good and bad. And good and bad is very, is very relative to how I feel at this point in time. So what Adamarishan hoped to achieve was to cleanse himself of those pulls and come up with a really clear direction of how he was going to perfect himself and thereby overcome the struggle and be even greater, greater than, a, than an angel. And uh, his error was that when you get involved there, you ain't coming out very quickly. Um, the, this kind of process was repeated almost in Har Sinai with the when the, when the Jewish people through the process of going through Mitzrayim and having countless miraculous events happen which exposed the divine dimension to the, of the creation to them openly and revealed really what happened is through the period from Pesach and Toshuas they slowly but surely completely and totally eradicated their freedom of choice in other words, their clarity was so blinding that they couldn't think to think otherwise than Naseh Vanishma. It became totally clear to them that the only reality that's really cogent in this world and has any bearing or meaning is doing the Ratzon Hashem, fulfilling what Hashem is. That's the creation. Everything else is not really reality. They came to that. Now, when you come to that realization, there's no more choices. You just have to figure out what that is. But the minute I know it, I do it. Naseh, what is it? Nishma. First I will do and then I will hear what it is. But there's no, there'll be no, there'll be no, there'll be no what's called shikuladas. I have no need to weigh up anything because I already know the answer to the question. If it's Ratzon Hashem, I do it. However, they almost immediately descended. But forty days later, when they were tricked into thinking that Moshe Rabbeinu had been killed, and the ultimate verdict says the way the trick happened, just like an optical illusion, the way it works is the magician saying who performs the trick it's through a sleight of hand by doing it it's so quickly that you actually can't see what's being done it looks like one thing really something else the the presentation of Moshe Brain's death by the let's say it was a challenge by the evil forces if it was carefully examined it would have been seen to be false as neither the woman nor the tribe of Levi fell for it. So you see it wasn't, it wasn't clear-cut. It, you could have kind of got underneath it. But the, there were people in Klaishra that, that were taken in by their parents. And as a result, the nation as a whole descended now to a level where, where they 
could no longer have that level where they'd lost their freedom of choice. So continues the ultimate and he says, when Moshe Rabbeinu came down with the Torah in his hand, and he had to teach it then to the Jewish people, so what the Sukkim described, the verses described Moshe Rabbeinu sitting down and judging, judging the nation in, in their entirety. Until Yisro, Jethro comes along and he says, What are you doing? Moshe Rabbeinu replies, replies, Well, when people come to seek God, I provide them with direction. I tell them what, what the way to go is. Someone comes to me, he's not sure. Does this belong to him or does it belong to his friend? There was a dispute over to who, oh, no ownership dispute. I'll come to him and I'll say, well, based on the factors, based on the evidence, this is what the particular halachic decision is, which is the expression of the Ras and Hashem. Um, furthermore, said Moshe Rabbeinu, I have to tell him what's called Haderech Yelchubo, I have to teach him the way. In other words, I have to tell each, and one, each one of them their particular portion, their mission in, 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 a, in the Torah of Hashem. So, on this, Yisrael replies, that ain't going to work. It's not good what you're doing. Because because you'll wear out yourself and the nation. Meaning as follows. The Alt explains what the dialogue was. If they would come to ask you basic halachas, Seda, you know better than anyone else what those basic halachas and the answers to them are. But, since what you're trying to teach them is, quote, it's a derech yelchuvah, the way in which they should walk, and what they should do, that's completely and totally relative to who the person is. Each one has his own character traits, his own personality type, and in order to have a real insight into what he needs to do you need a lot of time you have to get to know the person you can't just immediately intuit what he needs therefore it's not going to help you can't do that it's just impossible for you to be able to develop that intimate relationship with that amount of people and therefore select people who you trust that they do have those traits and characteristics to be able to develop the relationships and guide people and they will be your you'll delegate to them for some talem and you'll make a whole hierarchical structure of what they call people in charge of a thousand people in charge of a hundred until people in charge of ten meaning each one will deal with his group of people there will be this entire hierarchy of how to guarantee that the message gets across in a personalized fashion and that's exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu did and by doing this there was a potential to perpetuate each person accurately um, his derech. This lasted until the prophets. When the prophets came around, so they would actually fulfill that role. There were enough of them around that I would go to the prophet and I'd say, listen, what do I have to fix up in this world? What's my pathway? Where do I go? And the prophet would reveal to me through his prophecy, the derech for me to take. But now, where are we? Says the altar. We are no longer prophecy. 
But what we do have is we have yeshivas. What are yeshivas? So he says yeshivas are the mechanism whereby the spiritual level of the Jewish people has been raised. Why is that so? Because there's the symbiotic relationship between the yeshivas and the nation. The nation realizes that in order for a person to access the depth and the wisdom of Torah, it requires focused study, which can be extended, take, take an extended period of time. And without that knowledge, so then the ability to know and to understand what's going on um, is seriously hindered. And he gives an an analogy to what the shivers do. You know, we we like to keep time. I'm like looking at my watch in the shed to make sure how much time is passing. And every time I look at my watch, I kind of I can gauge what's going on. But it's based on one thing: that my watch is accurate. If I do that same process, and I don't know it, but my watch is completely inaccurate, so then actually looking at my watch watch more will damage me because it won't damage me in terms of I it will be kind of a very insidious kind of corruption of my perception of time because I'll think I know what the time is in other words if I don't have a watch so I said, look, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know how much time has passed. I can't gauge it. It's dark outside and I can't see it. Or I'm in a room where... I don't know. Could have been an hour, could have been two hours. So then I'm more in touch when I'm lost. (coughs) But when I have a watch which doesn't work and I don't know it doesn't work, I say, whoa, that seemed like an hour. It was only five minutes. But really, it was an hour. But I'll be convinced it's five minutes because my watch was slow and only moved five minutes in an hour. So referencing an unfaithful source of a gauge of reality becomes so completely destructive that my conviction to live the life that I'm living becomes strengthened and it's based on an absolute and complete falsity. So what the Altavlan Avadik suggests is that there needs to be a moral timekeeper in the world and the yeshivas can act as that. And then they can be a voice, let's say, of sanity and direction and provide a clear vision of this is what we are here to do and we can gauge ourselves in society and measure it according to that standard. But the minute you open up the potential to measuring behavior according to, let's say, universal standards, so then, so then it could be the more you in touch with your system of measurement, the more out of touch you are with reality. I think this is extremely pertinent in our day and age where moral currents are flowing at such a tremendous rate and the pace of change of moral currents is enormous. The um, acceptance of same-gender marriages. 
So how do you, how should you feel about it? And again, it's a sensitive point, and it's a sensitive point. It's a sensitive point in the modern context. It wasn't the same degree of sensitivity. I'll give you an example. The person that I'm uh, I know described the following scenario. Here's a friend that's doing a master's in psychology at a at a not a liberal school in America, in I think University of Illinois. It's like pretty pretty red neckish, no? It's like not like it's average, right? It's not it's not like it's not like it's not like LA kind of no, Sioux no, freedom, no, no, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. pretty like conservative. Yeah. And he was doing like a master's in uh, I think social work or or, or th- I don't know exactly what 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 are the one of the mental health professions. And um, one of the things that they kind of have courses on a lot of courses on same gender relationships and the importance of of acknowledging and providing facilities for same gender relationships and assisting with adoption, etc., etc., etc. So he was asked, "What would be if, like, let's say, in a casual, not in the in the, in the lecture scenario, but let's say in a in a casual setting, you would say the following thing to one of your professors? Now, is it possible you'd say to them that homosexual behaviour is a function of?" Um, a traumatic upbringing which causes a person to distort his sexual orientation and really it could be rectified. For example, maybe homosexuality is a function, at least in some people, suggesting of a vacant father figure, a dominant mother, a natural tendency towards feminine traits, being bullied. And those factors over the course of time create a certain, you know, fear of, 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 of males as males and a kind of reintegration through socialization of a person perceiving themselves as a female as one of the factors. He said, what would be if you like even suggested that to a professor informally? He said, I would be thrown out of the school in one second. Let's say there's no way you're li- you could be licensed to practice mental health. So you see, I'm not saying right or wrong, I'm just saying you see the, the, the pace of change of moral currents. Meaning, 50 years ago, if you advocate the same-sex marriage, you'd be thrown out of it. Of of same, same thing, right? So what's going to happen in another 50 years' time? I don't know, maybe there'll be a reaction. Maybe there'll be, I don't know, maybe then the, the topic will be marrying different species. Legalizing marriage with your dog. I mean, why not marry your dog? That's some dog stuck out there. <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> and then again so what's the next frontier that's going to be crossed until you have like you know then there'll be like the whole discussion can you can you be allowed to marry a grasshopper I don't know what it will be but you understand so, that, so what means is as follows that the, the world at large specifically the western world is in such radical flux everything which is true today could be completely wrong tomorrow everything which, which was true yesterday is wrong today I'm not saying whether these values are right or wrong, but for example, the notion of racism. In the 50s in America, <coughs> totally acceptable. Go back a few hundred years, uh, what do you mean? Mitzvah, minah, minata, right? <laughs> the mitzvah, so it was like, it was a mitzvah. I'm not saying right or wrong, but you see there's a change. So the anticipation is that, so, so it means that there's no, there's no we, we've seen with our own two eyes, there's no moral compass. There's no moral, there's no, there's no, there's no standard. The standard is always in flux. So why, why are we bound by this? But it seems like the, 
point that the Alta of Navardic is suggesting is that there's a standard gauge of behavior which is inflexible. And you have to make sure that that's right. Because if you distort what your gauge of reality is, so the more you check that you're in touch with reality, the more you'll be distorted and lose, lose the plot. So I, I, find, I find the concept <laughs> deeply troubling. Because I think the external world is so deeply over, influential over us. Like I, As I speak, I don't feel comfortable speaking out about homosexuality. Because the atmosphere has sunk in. Can you, can you actually say, you know, if, wrong? Can you say, can you say, toyeva, which means something which HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs away from? She runs away from it. People can't hear those words anymore. It's almost like we've lost the capacity to hear those words. Do you understand? I mean, not Daniel Kane, but back in the day, do you remember that discussion? Hey? <laughs> no, it's just I think it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, he says, frankly, I find it repulsive. <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's a tricky thing. So the moral compass, in other words, like where's a where will it end? In other words, the notion of let's say um, fidelity in marriage. How much has that shifted? You know, even people, you know, like they don't get married. Don't get married, which means okay, you don't get married. But then th- there's like what used to be like a very severe thing has become like minimized. Oh, he, hey, you oh, he had an affair. Say so, yeah, that you can, you can get over it. You can get over it. You know, like you know, in the markets, you learn, no, bas kreino baela straight for chinek. <laughs> well, I don't, we can't give him straight too much. So, yeah, g- give him chinek! You know, some people want to give him a high five. <laughs> 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 but then it's difficult to have. But then it's in an evolving society, you can't have a rigid moral compass. I, I, you can. It's not possible. Me, meaning that if you have a rigid moral and you can apply you can apply the rigidity to the modern day and age. However, it's difficult now in a sense where like if you're gonna apply for a Jewish from a Jewish perspective, it's even more so difficult because Judaism has to not move with the times, but it has to draw an application in the modern day to everything previously. Absolutely. So therefore when it's such a rigid moral comp- it, when it's a very rigid structure, how can you draw back to it and have the same conclusions as society today, you're going to have to start, not you're not going to have to, but like, and then as soon as you start, accept, not you, but as soon as it's started to become accepted, then the whole thing is broken. So, so, it's like, so that, that's the conflict, in other words, they say in, in, a, in, in, in the world of the 40s and the 50s, so the kind of in, it would be a lot easier a lot easier of integration, you know, like a moral code and even, even style of dress style of dress was like, you know, you know there, was, there was a certain like I remember, I remember reading. I mean, this is a little bit of a, a random fact, but I remember reading. I don't know where I read it, but I probably I can't remember where. I read, oh, but it could be. Oh, yes, that's right. I, I, I was perusing through a book of. I think it was called. Uh, I think it was a hundred years of history, a thousand years of history. But it was like it documented. Like I think it was a thousand years of history. It documented like crucial historical events. So one of the things it chose to document was the invention of the bikini. 
<laughs> it says, when the bikini was invented, they could not find a woman that would model it. He's going to expose himself. You know, again, there were always, you know, like a kind of the, the low down register, but, but a self-respecting model would never go into public in a unclad. <laughs> say that today. On the, you know. I, think, I thought you were going to say it the other way around. No, I wanted to put on more clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, that, in other words, you see how that, that's like a radical shift. So, you're right. Judaism in that kind of... So, when you speak about modesty in dress, so you had a world that kind of... Oh, yeah, that's something we can relate to. Whereas now, when you speak to modesty in dress, so then it's looked upon as oppressive. And what do you mean? It's like, it's not healthy for your skin. <laughs> we sweat. I don't know what I, whatever you say. You're right. So, now, the, 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 that, that is exactly the point. That the challenge of dealing with this, this, this... What seems to be the distance between the representation of what life should look like and life out there in the secular western world seems to be becoming greater and greater and greater and greater. But now it's gone too far though because it's like now nothing matters anymore as in, in in the sense of morality like you see it descending into that sense so like why you don't why is it now it's got to the point where you can't tackle it you have to live alongside it because now like, there's, like, no, there's no going back from like, the same like all the things that are happening now you can't revert back to how it was previously correct so but you still have to you still have to fulfill the Torah yeah but so you, not me, everyone else has to you mean you use the basic you remain you slowly but surely become dislocated from society it's like, like everyone is desensitized to everything they see then you can be desensitized to everything you see in the secular world uh, like that's like the only option really you mean you'll just be looked upon as another freak no uh, no 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 I mean the, the inherent personality of us in the secular world let's say would be to desensitize ourselves yes because that's it's, it's that makes the most sense. You can't not look at women in the street. I mean, whatever. But like, is it, if you're desensitizing yourself, then that's a, that's a much greater. That's kind of the point of it. Because now it's got to the point where everything is consistent across the board. So what was like totally unacceptable 50 years ago now is the norm. So like, whereas before you're not, there was no challenge because everyone was dressing modestly in line and in accordance with that rigid compass. But when now it's not the case, then if you're if you're able to desensitize yourself and go through your life with a sense of detachment from that, then that's kind of the achievement that you're trying to see. Is desensitized the right word? It's like sort of... It doesn't sound good. As in like... <laughs> no, but it means... That's, that's like putting putting a cloak over yourself and like walking around not trying... No, it means that by by looking at it, by looking at it but not associating it with the immodesty, that's what I mean by desensitized. Yeah, so then you're not seeing something for what it is and that could be bad and harmful because then you're like hiding the fact of what's really going on from yourself. I mean, no, you, like, you're seeing it, but then you're not having an effect on it. I don't know, maybe. That's what desensitize is. Yeah, exactly. But then that's just not a very good thing. Because then, then your values are like, you're like hiding your values from yourself. No? I don't know, I mean. Maybe. I see like desensitize as like being exposed so much to it that you don't like, really pay attention. That's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. But is that really separating yourself from it, or is that becoming so integrated with it that you don't even notice it anymore? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the fact. Because it's like now, everyone. It's like, for example, like violence in film and violence. They had like, you know, like ISIS. You know, you can watch it online, 
and you can watch the same thing in a film you're like desensitized to that so you see that so much in a film it's like, it's nothing when you see it's actually real life you can register it so that's what you, like, I agree like, you have it so much so then something essentially when you have the desensitization something inside of you dies sorry something inside of you dies yes. like the awareness or that that's sensitivity sensitivity to look at something and say whoa but that's the rigidity though because you become numb to all of the things that you're not supposed to do and then, not not supposed to but then you're numb to that I'm saying that's negative yeah that's terrible it's negative because that means that, that means that there's a whole this kind of this, your, your internal experience of the world is it's almost like it's been anesthetized yeah I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying sad. I'm saying yeah, but it is. You're yeah, saying sad, but it, sad but true. Sad, but like in order, to, in order to, in order to live symbiotically, that's that is that is it. Because you can't, you can't, like you say, you, nowadays no one's going to accept you telling them that you can't say the thing with a professor. Like it's unacceptable. You can't. As in, whether it's, it is acceptable or not. It, I mean, it's, you can't walk into a university cafeteria and you see two men holding each other arm in arm you can't go over to them and say sorry guys it's just not on no this is just not on <laughs> this is just, like, just like I'm sorry this is, this is completely out of out of whack I'm sorry guys it just has to uh, yeah yeah it's 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 a challenge it's a challenge so the question is like, so really the question is like this you're saying well therefore you have no choice you have to go in there and kind of like just deal with the damage uh, that's one option or the other option is kind of like close yourself back into the ghetto and like you know not like try to create hermetically sealed communities where like you don't let you don't need anything of that stuff come in it's, it's, it's a very kind of complex question David what did you want to say is there a question that we're discussing why are we talking about this we're talking about this is because the Alto Nevada has raised an issue in terms of the trans the conveyance of terror I wanted to say that it's very clear to me we're going down in the track of the, 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 you know, it says until and every day gets cursed after the destruction of the second Bishamigdash. So, for sure, the moral standards, all like the ethics and the topics that are discussed, are getting worse and worse. And for sure, they will be worse in 50 years from now. And it's very subjective to say, like, 50 years ago, people were so moral, then the people 50 years ago were saying about the people 100 years ago that were so moral. So, it's just, there's like, until the Shikh comes. It's going to be just getting worse and worse, and for sure there will be people marrying their pets in the future. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see that. Unfortunately, that that's true. Yeah. So, so, yeah, just the odds are becoming less and less in our favor, because, again, it says somewhere in, in, in this forum that the Hashem will reveal himself the ultimate Kula when in the generation of people will be... Uh, not uh, be, be rejecting uh, Hashem and uh, will be absolutely immoral, and that's what's happening. So can, can I just like, if we have to further discussion, can I just like say one word of hope? <laughs> Sorry to change the atmosphere, um, but I think I think all you're saying is right. But I do think it, it's a little bit like a circle that the world has got a circular path, so that. You can once you go a certain distance away from your origin, you actually start to reapproach it. You know, if you think of a circular route, so you get the furthest point starts to be the furthest point away from the origin. Actually, is the closest point to the arrival. 
So I think as well, at the same time as you see this kind of this rampant moral disintegration, the family, the family unit is becoming more and more like questioned and barely existent. In a way, you can see that that could, could create <coughs> potential for a kind of readjustment and reevaluation, call it a revelation, call it a good, where everything will, it will go so far where people say, no, 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 too far. Like someone, someone, like I've got this image in my mind, there's a children's book, it's called The Fly, the Fly Went By. It's a fantastic book. This person's sitting by the lake and he's um, looking to the sky and as I looked up, I saw a, pl- a fly, fly went by, went past, it went past fast and then the fly is being chased by the frog and the frog is being chased by the dog and the dog is being chased by the... Uh, the, sorry, the fly has been chased by the frog and the frog has been chased by the cat and the cat has been chased by the dog really no one's chasing anyone really like there's one person at the end who's a man with a gun because he's got the scary thing that he heard and the whole scary thing that everyone's running away from is a lamb with his foot caught in a tin can it's making this horrible noise and he imagines it to be this gigantic thing so the man with the gun is running away and the fox has thought he's being chased by the man with the gun and the car thing is being chased by the fox etc 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 so what happens is they're all running and this little boy kind of figures out what's going on. So he goes on top of a tree and he goes, STOP! Like everyone like stops, they look, oh, no one's really chasing anyone. And like everyone like kind of gets back together. So I feel like at some point in time, the world will go like so out of hand that someone's going to go up and just go, STOP! You see it already, I'll give you an example, briefly. You said already that previously, if you asked a person 20 years ago, 30 years ago, to keep Shabbos, to be okay, an experience. Now, if you take a person from, extract a person from secular life, and you ask him to keep one Shabbos, whether he likes it or doesn't like it, it will be a completely different experience. Because you subtract technology, you subtract the pace of life, all of a sudden he feels like he's entered a different world. So, very often that experience is so powerful the person changes but he changes more because he's further away previously you know people in family units so they'd come to a come to a from family and they see a family structure working they say okay well it's a family what do you want now because people have got a lot of dis- disintegrated families they come and they see a healthy functioning family they go whoa this is amazing like the father and children they're all at the table together and they're talking and they love each other and they're going along well together this is incredible they eat together so I think those are, those are, those are things to, to ponder in our preparation for Schwarz